0: Momentum Volleyball is the online Canadian hub for volleyball storytelling, reporting, and event coverage, allowing
1: content creators to connect with fans, coaches, and players. Momentum is the hub for athletes, coaches, and fans to find free and paid volleyball content. And we are proud to be the voice of Canadian volleyball around the world. Head to momentumvolleyball.ca to subscribe for free and get access to exclusive content and all your Canadian volleyball updates.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Really excited for today's guest. He made his debut for the franchise during Sharp Cuts, and I'm hoping he can, you know, outdo that performance because, man, he was an awesome guest for the first time. I think we spoke. He stole the show on Sharp Cuts. You'll have to go back and listen to that one. But for today's guest, he's played for Team Sask on the provincial team. He was the U Sports Rookie of the Year. He's representing Canada at FISU and on our B team. He's a first-team All-Academic, and that doesn't include all the second-team Canada West Awards and everything else he's won. And as I mentioned, he made his debut on Sharp Cuts. Please welcome to the show, Dylan Mortensen. Morty, thanks for doing this, man. Oh,
1: thanks. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Always, always love coming out and talking about boys also.
0: Yeah, this is great. So like I said, the first time you and I spoke was actually on the internet. You came on Sharp Cuts and kind of stole the show. That was awesome. But uh, maybe for me and the listeners, we can take it from the day one here. So growing up in that Swift Current area, what other sports were you growing up before you became like a big volleyball guy?
1: Yeah, so um, moved, moved to Swift in grade four. So I can that if like being, uh, being grown up there. Um, played a lot of baseball. My dad was a really big baseball fan. So, I did a lot of that in the summers. And then I was always a really big school sports kid. I never played hockey. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of started with, with volleyball and basketball and badminton in, in grade six and middle school and stuff. And then just kind of carried out through there. And um, yeah, I always, like, honestly enjoyed all sports. did a bit of swimming, um, yeah, baseball, like I said. Um, but I had a really good group of friends that were, that were my age that we just go all the time and played sports with together all the time, which was great.
0: And were you able to keep baseball going? Because I think that and the and the club season would offset, right? So, how old were you when you finally had to choose like one sport? I imagine you could be a multi sport guy for for a long time, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. It was what grade nine? I stopped uh, stopped doing. Grade nine or ten, stopped doing too much baseball um, and kind of yeah, a uh, little more low key. It was like you said, it's a big big commitment, and it's during that club season. Um, and yeah, baseball we, we took over the whole summer, which is great for, for a lot of dudes. But yeah, I just, I kind of stopped once high school started.
0: Nice. And what is the club scene like in the Current area? Like, is there a lot of guys who want to play volleyball? Or when you got to like 17 or 18 years, did you have to start like going to other clubs or maybe go into practice, like driving a little bit? Like what, what's the scene like there?
1: Yeah. So that's that's a good question. Um, so club didn't really start actually until I was maybe 14 years. Somebody tried to get a fourteen-year a boys team, and I, I didn't want to. So, uh, but none of they didn't get enough interest. So it wasn't until fifteen-year actually that we started. Um, so that was the first first year that I ever played club and Swift. Um, I think our my high school coach, Dan Andrew, he kind of kind of got things rolling, and again had a had a good group of dudes for that. That I kind of definitely um, started snowballing volleyball the interest in Swift current to lots. Um, I don't. I don't we always had a decent high school team, but club was never a huge thing for us. So I think that's when it, it started to pick up quite a bit. And
0: then, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to uh, jump in there and say, I noticed you were a team SAS guy. So at what point was the provincial team a thing? Because if you didn't start playing like club ball seriously until 15U, for you to make the provincial team is really impressive.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I played 15U and I was like, I was really short too. And I was like, on the left side, but um, I didn't, like I played 15U, and 16 year and I think we won bronze one year in provincials and never did anything crazy in, in nationals. And then I didn't actually even play in 17-year. Um, I played badminton instead. I, it wasn't a huge interest among among kids my age. So, yeah, I didn't play that year at all. And then I grew about 6 to 8 inches the summer hit into grade 12. Um, and then there was a camp right before the volleyball season started for high school. And I was actually thinking about playing football instead because – like my my buddies and I weren't super pumped about it but then I went to that camp and realized that I could pick the ball a little better and that I was quite a bit taller so um yeah grade 12 high school happened and, and had some success there and I and then I went to saskatoon actually and played club um there so I was playing with like like Derek up was on that team um and then like a lot of other guys who ended up going new mm-hmm. sports like Levi Olson is was on that team as well so I got to know a couple of people involved with that and then Regional team after that club
0: season. so that's awesome. Yeah, I didn't consider football because uh, it's really popular in pockets here in Ontario, but I wouldn't say it's like a main sport. Um, but just watching the CFL, I mean, the Sask fans are, are nuts, right? So, is that a big draw that like school football is really popular, and even at the club level, like do a lot of guys get into football?
1: Yeah, well, a, high school football is pretty pretty big. I would say, uh, and especially because it's a short season, people really really enjoy it. Um, Swift's football program has really took off the last 10 years. It's wow. been really cool to see. Yeah, it was it was it was a really big. Part of the school
0: for sure. This is so cool, man, because I, I read your bio, we talked to you on sharp cuts. Like, obviously, you're a top university player here in Canada, but to hear that you kind of started taking it seriously in 15U, you didn't play 17U. So, that, that year going into grade 12, you have your growth spur, you're playing with other good players. When did post secondary become a thing? Like, you knew that you wanted to play at the next level? Like, was that something you knew because you were playing with good guys, or did coaches approach you? Like, what sparked the interest to go play at university?
1: Um, the plan kind of always was just kind of staying swift for my first year, and take my first year classes, and play some sports and hang out with my buddies and just stay at home because I'd never really um, been out of town for like sports stuff. Like I said, I was never a huge regional team guy, um, and I never, uh, yeah, just really gone out of my comfort zone in that way. So then I, I played uh, played club in Saskatoon with some. I played some some really good ball and had a lot of fun with the guys there. So then. I kind of uh, got talking to the, the coach at Sask, and I got a little bit of... went to the best of the West um, from school, and then did really well well there. So I got, like, like some Pat was kind of interested in me, and uh, ACAC, and, like, Regina, Saskatoon, as like, a red shirt. And I was, like, I hadn't really, like, seriously thought about playing either, until, uh, like, I don't know, was almost being done high school, uh, like, probably in, like, April. But, uh, yeah, I talked with, with the Saskatoon Brian and, um, he's like, I mean, yeah, you can, you can go to the, the Saskatchewan college, and, but we've got a redshirt spot here for you in Saskatoon. Um, so I, it definitely was a little eye opening for me just to be yeah, like, okay, that's, that's really cool. Um, but I was definitely nervous and like, uh, almost uncomfortable even thinking about it. Like I, or, like I said, I was going to leave my comfort zone there, but I had some good friends. Um, going to the university just for school. So I think that helped my decision too. Like my my two roommates, my first year like oh, going to with my my buddies, like right? they helped me out for sure. And uh yeah, and then just uh that's when my university
0: career started anyway. Yeah, that's so cool. Help me out with the timeline because I remember watching SAS play when McMaster hosted Nationals. And I think that was like the Zach Rempel and the older app. And they had like a really good team. Like, were you entering when those guys were still there? Or they had just left? Because I think that was like the mid-2010s when they had a a pretty good run at Nationals. Like, how how was the team doing? What was your impression when you entered the gym with those guys?
1: Yeah, so I got into SAS the year after that. Yeah, I was McMaster. So Jordan Oposky, um guys like, uh, yeah, t- was done. And then, but Tyler had one more year. Robbie Graham, that was also his last year. Yeah, they got fourth. They lost Alberta in the, in the Bronze. So well, I came in immediately after that and did a redshirt year
0: nice and what was the the gym like because like obviously you were an athletic guy you said you grew like you, you played competitive sports but going in as a guy who you knew you were gonna have to redshirt like what were the practices like were you a little in over your head or you felt like you could hang like that that first week of training camp
1: Yeah, it was like i said it was really i don't think um i never, never played with people that that good and like it's just a, the game is just so much just diff- like faster and different and everyone's really skilled um so the first week actually I, mean, I think we had about like three or four days of practice and then our team went to Japan for about two weeks um so again to me coming in I knew a couple of guys from my provincial team but, that we both heard that we all went home to the huskies but I didn't know too many many older guys and then all of a sudden we gone to japan for two weeks so that was a good uh, good team building trip for, for sure and it was it was awesome I would love to go back but um Yeah, I I was coming in and weighing in at 160
0: pounds, so I was a little Um, light. Nice. Yeah, take me into that Japan trip if you remember, because uh, here in Ontario, like the York guys used to do an exchange with uh, Budo University. Like they would come over and play in the York Excalibur, which was like a holiday tournament, but uh, the York guys went there and it's interesting how you find a way to communicate or you get used to the culture, but like they, they definitely not speaking the same language. Definitely trying to just like get by, like you you can't carry a conversation with guys, but obviously everybody wants to play volleyball and be friendly. Like what was your experience there? Just trying to be in the same gym as other people and maybe smiling and nodding or trying to figure out a way to talk to the other athletes in the gym. It was was really cool. Um,
1: Just the, the environment there. First of all, it was super warm. I had never really sweat before in my life. So I get there and just start practicing and now I'm just ripping like changing insurance, shirts, which is just like a you know, thing for me. Um I would never done that before, so that was cool. But yeah, the nineties we we did Budo as well. That was our main connection, Brian. We did coach really well. So um, yeah, you know, we we got to visit a couple of different places. I think Chuo, Chuo, and uh there's another one I'm forgetting. But yeah, we played against like Ishikawa, who plays like Needs team. So I got a picture with him from before he kind of blew up. So that was cool. And then, yeah, we just, it was such a cool, cool experience. Yeah. The environment, it was great. And, and you got to know my team as well as,
0: guys on the Japanese teams. Nice. Nice. So with you being kind of new to post-secondary volleyball, was there any drills that the, the Japanese teams are doing that your coach kind of stole and put you through? Like, uh, I heard this ladder drill is pretty intense or they do like a lot of multi-ball stuff. Like, was there any like Japanese style training that you're just like, what is this chaos going on right now?
1: Yeah. There's a lot of ball control drills that coming out of high school, that definitely wasn't my specialty. <laughs> So just yeah, lots of uh lots of ball control just with platforms and stuff and even hand contacts that, that really uh made me made me work at it for sure. So
0: Nice. So with the plan for you to be a red shirt your whole first year, was that an opportunity for you to maybe add weight? Like you said, you came in a little bit light or just know that you were practicing or try to figure out how to like practice and get the school side down. Like with the redshirts it's asked, did you go on road trips or your job was basically to, to attend practice and kind of support the guys, but you wouldn't go on these long, crazy bus rides? Right, yeah. So
1: the, the redshirt thing, um, Brian uh, all of course was a really big believer in it. So just Years to kind of put on put on a muscle and get, get used to everything. In school, I've always been pretty, pretty good at school managing all that stuff. But, yeah, the biggest thing for me was, was putting on weight. Like I, I put 25 pounds on um, in my first year. So we're working out a lot. And, um, and yeah, we, we didn't travel on road trips. Um, we sat on the bench during games, which was cool. So, yeah, just kind of getting activated to
0: the whole thing. Nice. So, so take me into your, I guess, your red-shirted first year, like the opportunity to play. So you you take down the rookie of the year, but did you come in with expectations? Like obviously, you're putting in the work as a red shirt. Like you said, twenty five pounds in a year is pretty gnarly, uh, and you're obviously getting used to the level because you're practicing every day. But did you have expectations that you wanted to come in and fight for playing time and like be a guy on the squad?
1: Yes. Um, honestly, the expectations I didn't have too many. I didn't really know what to expect. I got as it worked out my red shirt year. I got a lot of playing time on the the B side I guess as the right side um, mm-hmm. just for whatever reason our lineups worked of out that way so I actually got, got to play a lot of as a shooter as you can see so yeah in that, in that first year I could I could play we we did some preseason stuff and I was kind of switching between left side and right side and um, I wasn't a great passer I was <laughs> still super young and like uh, our, our lineup was pretty different because we lost a lot of dudes the last few years so we went to a trip to the Maritimes, and actually, like at this time, it was pretty much open. Uh, the I was open to, to a lot of to different dudes, but we played down. I had a really good game, and our, ever since then, it didn't really change. Um, and I yeah was able was fortunate enough to, to earn some some playing time, and also have a really great setter. Get, uh Dad was there helping me out a lot, making me probably looked a little better than I was for sure. So. Um, yeah, I was, I was pretty fortunate just to, just to play a lot and get, uh, get a lot of experience in my first year.
0: And I asked this to all the Can West guys, because it's just a different schedule than we have here in Ontario. And I'm always fascinated by the concept that you got to play somebody Friday and then they regain plan and they get ready for you Saturday. So how did you get used to like the the intensity and just the plan of like the cat and mouse thing between, okay, we have our plan, then we're going to play it out. And then both teams are constantly adjusting, going into that second game. Like did that take any getting used to, or you kind of thrived in that environment about these tough Canada West games?
1: Yeah, it definitely took some getting used to. Um our team started at 0 and 8 that year. So we, we played like good teams, like Brandon, Trinity, Um I think Calgary was decent right too. I can't remember, but yeah. Um so just to, the, the whole game planning thing was really new to me. Um and just kind of putting that plan onto the court when I was there was took some it's some practice mm-hmm. for me. Um just kind of applying that that information and, and helping your team out a bit.
0: Now so, you, you mentioned that Dow game that you played really well. I just looked it up. I, I have it in front of me. Twenty five kills, nine airs on forty three attempts for a three seventy two stat line. Like not many guys are hitting three seventy on forty three attempts is it just freeing to know you're going to get that volume and you just feel good? Like it's great. Or like at a certain point, does it get fatiguing? Like 43 attempts in a match is pretty gnarly, but to drop like 25 and only nine areas, like that's super impressive. Like, are you a guy who just enjoys the volume? Like you feel like you're involved in the match and you're really helping your team win. Like at a certain point, like when it's too much, too much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the more I trust the ball,
1: the more confident and comfortable I feel during that game. I think I, think I had sixty. In one game against UVA, one time that was again played pretty good in that one. But um, yeah, I, for just how it worked out, I ended up getting most volume on my team. Basically, every year we had a really good left side. My first couple years, Colin Fraser, who was definitely more efficient. Than I was. But yeah, I, I think that coaches just just wanted me to get some experience hitting the ball and. The, the first 2 years of my career, the, the it wasn't too taxing in my body. But after that, I started to realize I had to do some work.
0: Yeah. I, again, I because I, I have it in front of me, I'm looking at it. Alberta, 62 attempts, 30 kills, only 7 errors. So another 370 game. Like, What goes into the low air percentage? Like, Obviously, you're an aggressive guy and you're earning kills. But uh, are you not afraid to concede to continue when you need to or take out the setter? Like, how are you hitting at such a high volume but not... You know, blasting 15 out of bounds. Like, I, I don't think that would be unreasonable for you to go 30 15 on 60, but you're going 37 on 62. So, uh, are you not afraid to tip or roll or, or find good chances to get you a free ball back? Or what's your mindset when you you know you can't terminate, but you want to still help your team? I think that um,
1: as time went on, I kind of looked at this uh, hitting as basically as high as I can uh, and maybe not super hard, just to try and maybe get a spot where the defenders aren't a little over the block with not too much uh, it, without it going up too much. if that makes sense? Um, so yeah, I'm lucky enough that I jump decently well um, and pretty tall. So but especially when there's, there's a, maybe a smaller left side blocker I can hit it a bit offline um, and that kind of saves me from getting too many years. I think that's maybe a, a shot in the back of my pocket.
0: And as a right-sider who's going to get a ton of volume, obviously, like the other team's game planning for you, how do you mentally go into games? Like, Are you a strength-on-strength strength guy? And you're going to say, man, I, I know I have these four shots and I'm going to ride the wave and I'm going to hit these four. Or do you ever feel the the pressure or the urgency to change stuff because you know you know, that coach at Alberta or Trinity's watched a ton of film on you and they're going to try to take that away? Like, wh- Where does that part of the game come in where you know you're good at certain things, but you also know they've identified it like that cat and mouse of strength-on-strength? Strength, or do you change your game? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that
1: in my first couple of years, for sure, I was definitely a line hitter. Um, and I think that I got bailed out sometimes just because I was a little taller than the blockers. But I think, yeah, I got definitely got shut down a couple of times. And like uh, nowadays, I know I'm probably going to have two blocks on me most of the time. Um, so I kind of just have to like believe in myself that I can jump higher and, and hit it over slash harder than, than the blockers. And where they're going to be to score, right? I, mean, I, yeah, I kind of just go with the flow during the games. I don't, I don't try not to do predetermined shots. Although, dudes, maybe here think I get in line more. <laughs> it's kind of a joke we have, I guess. But,
0: and with you being a right side. How did your coaches like to game plan, like tactically? Like, did you feel like you were going to, they were trying to find a way with the rotation that you're going to be matched up against the P1 all night or like, w- was there certain assignments you're going to take or was it kind of going the other way where they wanted you on the P2? Cause you could just swing away and get this volume. Like, did you feel defensively you had to contribute or you knew that, you know what, going into tonight, I'm going to get 40 attempts. They're going to try to put me on the, on the P2 and I'm going to have a good night. Like, what did you kind of think of the defensive side of the game as well?
1: Um, that's a good question, but I've never actually really discussed the, the blocking resolution coach. I'm sure they have conversations um on their own, but for most of the time i they try and probably match me up with their the other team's best hit or whatever like this year, for example, like he said on Winnipeg try and try and get him in the front row um and stuff like that and or like fire up the we if we ever have to just like
0: so. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And I'm curious, again, just looking at some of your accolades, like the academic thing. And when you were on Sharp Cuts, you mentioned your team travels by bus a lot and those are long trips. So I know this was the COVID year and you guys are going to Manitoba a lot, but when you're going across uh, Western Canada there, are you a homework on the bus guy? Are you just really good at time management? Like how are you still getting these good grades when you're away every Friday, Saturday? Like you're probably Sunday's probably a write-off because you hit 140 balls. So you're probably tired. Like how are you finding time to keep the academics? Like, is it making time to do stuff on the bus or how do you guys kill these long road trips? So I
1: mean, I, personally don't ever do homework on the bus. I just, I've tried my first couple of years. And I just, my efficiency, for um, uh, them it's just, I don't get anything out of it basically. So I just kind of commit to, to, to realizing I'm never going to do homework on the weekends. And I just have to grind during the weekdays, which it's, I mean, it's worked well for me. Um, some, there's some dudes who really grind on the bus and stuff, but, well, so a couple guys
0: and I just, just play cards the whole time and make the, make the time go by quick. So. Nice. And on the trip back, uh, I'm curious, are you an ice guy or how are you not getting tightened up? Like, do you ever have like the typical volleyball stuff, like knee back or shoulder? Like again, just with the volume you're getting and playing those back to backs. Like I can only imagine you, you get 60 attempts a game and they tell you to get on the bus and you're on the bus for eight plus hours eating fast food. Like how do you take care of your recovery?
1: I definitely do the most stretching on my team, whether that's before or after. Um, but yeah, after ga- after games on Saturday, it's tough. Like this guy, we, again, we just want to get out of there, especially after a loss. Like we just want to get out of the gym and get on the two Go. So I, um, my knees give me some some pain. Um, I'm sure as most guys do. Honestly, probably all volleyball players. Um, it's manageable, but I, yeah, have to have to really really roll up my quads really tight. And then a lot of it is icing and stuff and the buses and I kind of have to be dedicated to it on the bus. Nobody wants to actually do it, but you can just have to set aside 10 minutes of just focusing on that before you can just,
0: they list you six, eight. Are you stretching in the aisle? Like how are you finding room on the bus to even like stretch your legs, <laughs> let alone like maybe do like an active release or maybe even roll out on a good day. Like are you honestly doing it in the aisle way?
1: Yeah, like there's, a, I'll usually bring like a a mat and gym mat and just do some stretching in, in the aisle. Um, it's it's not all stretches work, but just some of them like just on one knee and stuff like that.
0: Nice and and Fisu, where does that fit into the timing? Mean, like, what year of the university were you in when you got an opportunity to play for the national team?
1: Sure, yeah. So I did my redshirt year, and then I did my rookie year, and then I had another year with. Um, so that technically was my, after my second year of eligibility, mm-hmm. we had a, our team was, had a really good run. We lost our little in the playoffs. Um, but after, yeah, after that, went to the B team trials and made it, and then was also fortunate enough to do the FISU at the same time during that summer. So yeah, that was a really sweet summer and a lot of fun.
0: Help me out with the timing. Was that the Sabathian Lethbridge year, or who would have been some of the FISA guys? Like, who was the the coaching staff if you remember, and who were some of the guys on that squad? Pierce Johnson, yeah, maybe. So staff,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the coaching staff was the Preston um, James, you know, and uh, Windsor and then Grant Wilson and Brandon. So yeah, my team. It was me. I was pretty well the only right side on the team with a hurdy, and then um, we had resticks in setting. Brandon, uh Blaine Cranston, Urse Johnson, um, Zach Hutchson, Johnny Moat, George Holborn Warren Taylor, played for Nipsey Uh yeah, and then some brandy guys, Seth Friesen and Mason Metcalf, and Craig Ireland, who was on the BT with me as well that summer. So we both did both. And Jordan Pereira was on there
0: as well. Nice. Nice. And if you remember that first tryout in Gatineau, no, because it was the pre-COVID era and just how Glenn liked to run things, what was that experience like? Because it's cool. There's so many guys in the gym. Like it's a couple days long, but to me, the coolest thing is like guys will pop in like guys from their pro careers or some senior a guys around. Like it's, it's a pretty busy gym and it's, it's high stakes, but there's so many great people from our community. So was, was it a little daunting walking in and see how many players there were and coaches with clipboards and Glenn wants to stat plus minus and do all this cool stuff. Like what, what was that first day in Gatineau getting ready for the tryout?
1: Yeah, it was for sure a little intimidating. I, I actually, after my redshirt year, I went to be junior trout just for like just for fun, not expecting to make it. I didn't make it, obviously. So I had a little bit of exposure to that. Um, but after, yeah, during that that team it was like yeah, like it, it helped a little bit that I had played a lot in my esports career so far, um, knowing that i had played against some of these guys. But it was it was really uh, really cool there, and I also had a couple of my teammates with to which which helped. So I knew a couple of people around. But yeah, it's a like you said, we got Dan Lewis there um, running some drills and, and a couple more guys with some yeah, big-name guys just, just watching at the gym. So it's like as really good as it gets for one of Canada as far as personnel goes.
0: And, and going into the post-camp meeting, did you have a good feeling that you were going to get the nod, or were you a little nervous when they finally told you you made the squad?
1: I, I mean, going into the meeting, I honestly didn't know. I felt that I had a pretty good tryout. Um, and just, from what I can tell, the trout is like if you're on a court at the last day, you've got a decent chance, right? So I was playing on that court. And, yeah, going into the meeting, and, and it was yeah, I was kind of, uh, definitely a different show. And yeah, they said that that I I did well, and they they wanted me there for the summer, so um, that was pretty pumped, obviously. Um, but yeah, that was that was really cool, and it was five minutes and. I probably do remember the a
0: lot of adrenaline going in. So yeah, Awesome. And where was, uh, just to focus on FISU, because I know you're a B team guy as well. Where was the FISU tournament that year? It was in, Italy,
1: in um, I want to Naples.
0: So pretty volleyball, crazy country. Like when you guys are going there, even though it might be Canada versus, you know, anybody other than Italy, were there fans there? Like how did it feel going to a multi-sport games like that? Like, cause I think sometimes in volleyball, FISU is important, but because we have so much success with the B team, the A team, like there's so many opportunities to play for our national team. Maybe FISU is sometimes looked at like the third or fourth event, but man, it's a multi-sport game. The other countries are sending really good players. Like, What was the feeling for you in your FISU year? It was unbelievable. Um,
1: really, to begin the, the whole thing, there was this opening ceremonies in this massive stadium with thousands like, of people um, just cheering as, as we walked onto the stadium. So that was just like that was unbelievable if I'm being honest. Um, and I'll remember that forever. And I think the guys on my team will too, but that really just, yeah, kicked off a, an awesome, an awesome week. The The, the country itself was just amazing. Um, and lots of people's families actually got to come to on my team. So my family was fortunate enough to to of make it the trip out there. Um, and yeah, it was, there was always fans at our places and, and we were just, doing, it was funny. it was, there was hotel room with four small beds. So we get guys in my room, definitely each other quick, but, um, yeah, it was great. And, uh, it was really, really well managed
0: by her. Uh, her yeah. That's, that's awesome. So what was that first game? Like, cause you mentioned like you were the right side, right? Like, uh, and you're ready to go. So what was their nerves? Was it built up in your head that like, this is a big deal and you get a chance to play for the national team? Like, were you excited? Were you nervous? What was that feeling before that first match?
1: yeah it was it was definitely um exciting and yeah nervous I think the, the me I think it helped that I the B team and I went to Mexico a bit before and I didn't play really at all there, but um yeah the pc one I as cool. I just knew I had an opportunity to play. we played Brazil with the first game. Um, so yeah that was honestly sweet and had a had a great group of guys around me um, and we actually I think we lost in four or five. But I think I, I, played, I had a pretty good game. Um, not getting as much volume as, as I do in Sask, obviously. But, uh, yeah, it was just, honestly, win or lose it, and performance-wise, it was just really cool
0: to be there. Well, like, and was there anything you felt, like, learning at that tournament you were able to take back to the Canada West, whether it was maybe the speed of the game or the physicality or maybe, like, a shot you knew you had to to learn to play at the international level? Like, what was there anything you could take back to your home gym just from playing for Canada?
1: I feel like that, that teaching experience really well, I- I uh, started understanding how to block a little better um, just facing some, some like the European opponents and guys from, from other countries, just just really trying to read them. Um, and I yeah had a really good dropping performance that one. So I, I, that was probably my biggest takeaway.
0: And thank you for name dropping because I always get a kick out of it and it helps the listeners kind of build the the, the timeline of who and when and where you were with, but uh, with that B team, I was looking up before the show, they, they named 14 guys to the team, which is pretty standard, but three SAS dudes, right? Epp, Friesen, yourself. Like, was that a little bit of confirmation to say that, like, yeah, we're a volleyball province. We got a ton of good players. Like, for, for SAS to have a guy on the national team is important, but to have three there in the team room, did that feel pretty cool?
1: It did, it did feel really cool. Um, like you said, there that hadn't really been a SAS guy since maybe Gavin and, and Mark Dodds. Um, so, definitely some, felt some pride out of that. And just the fact that like I know those guys too is, is really sweet. But, and it just goes to show you that Sask is probably going to come up for, for talent football-wise, and yeah, we can produce some of those really
0: good players. And with your B team, like I'm always curious how the young fit in with the older, where uh, like Byron, who's a little bit older than you, but there was also uh Cheerhorn. I think uh, Casey showed maybe was a ray light on to be a leader. Danny Danico, Uh, even though Finn is a young guy and probably in your age range, he went pro a little bit early, like Jeremy Davies. Like there, there's a lot of great names from the year you played. So uh, w- was it anything that you maybe just watched how they prepared or did you get a chance to talk to guys? Like what was it like being around guys who had been uh professional or been with Glenn for a few years on the national team? Like, was there anything you took away from some of the vets?
1: I think that yeah, like you said, I was one of the younger guys, but thing like the guys under me. Um, but yeah, just just kind of watching how how driven the older guys were in um, during practices and stuff. It was it was great to see, like you said, Danny and, and Jimmy and like all, all super super nice guys, and everybody just loves playing volleyball and, and wants to get better. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a different environment than it is university there. Well, the university everybody wants to play, they've got to be able to do stuff, but uh, during that summer, everybody's just totally volleyball focused.
0: And is it fair to say that you and Blake have a similar style? Cause I'm sure when I said his name, the listeners kind of perked up. You're like, Oh, both really good jumpers, similar body type, like really fast arm. Like, do you have a similar game or when you were in the gym with him, like maybe you learned something or maybe it just, it, it didn't match. And you're not the same style player. Like I'm just thinking you, you guys are similar, but what's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. he's definitely one of the guys. That up to, for sure. We Yeah. both right side. I think he hits the ball really high, um, which is kind of something, but the, I try to do um, obviously harder for the other guys to block it and just get some more positive touches out of it. But yeah, definitely, definitely see. I tried to to model myself a bit after him. It was he was always a like, new Can West uh, community, so just just play with him and be around him was super cool.
0: And did you get a chance to be an FTC guy during the COVID pause, or, or were you still at home when that was going on?
1: Yeah, I was there for one a bit of one semester at uh, Alexander. Uh, left. And so they needed another right side. So I went there for the end of the first
0: round. And what was like, uh, what was that experience like, excuse me, like, uh, were you just excited to get the call and you got permission because of the high performance exemption, you're going to be in the gym and play volleyball. Like, were you just raring to go or because it was last minute, like, did you feel prepared for that? Like, how did you handle that experience?
1: Yeah. So like originally, um, Dan had said that they were interested in me, but they didn't have a spot at the time. So I was kind of in the back of my mind. Uh, that was during the summer. So in, in the back of my mind, I always knew that it could be a possibility. And I was, I was stoked. Um, when I, when I got the call, I think that the guidelines in SAS were pretty uh, conservative. So I didn't have much opportunity to, to do much there in, in terms of competition wise. So yeah, just to go out there and play against some really high level guys and get to know some more, more young guys, like OUA guys that I didn't know, like Eric six and i Jackson Jackson and stuff like that. That was really cool.
0: Nice. Nice. And then just to jump back to this year, if anybody wants to check out sharp cuts, we kind of talked about your year and we kind of caught you guys mid season, but, uh, how did it feel down the stretch? Because I, I was pretty critical of the Canada West playoff format. I thought it was a little bit too inclusive or even, uh I think I used the word, it was almost like a participation trophy. But I got to be honest with you, as soon as it started, I'm checking the results. I'm checking who's in whose pool. Like I thought it was really exciting. So just the the last week of the regular season heading into the playoffs, did, did you feel like it, it kind of ramped up a little bit and like a, a switch was flipped? Because to me, you're playing the same teams and yeah, it's competitive, but all of a sudden playoffs are coming and games are going to be for keeps, right? Uh, not'
1: like that. That last week, it's like boom, okay. We're not going to win this weekend. We going to Edmonton and I'm going to play play Alberta and UBC and, and big U like teams that we haven't played in forever. So it was just, like you said, definitely definitely a switch vote for I'm assuming every team. Yeah, big big mindset thing. Just like you hey, know, it's better to go home, and I think that um, well, our team really embodied that, and I think we we did pretty well. Ended up a little short, but um, yeah, you know, with that first week um, going into Edmonton, yeah, I feel like we hadn't won a playoff game since that uh, 2015 2016 season when they went to Nationals. so that was pretty sweet for us.
0: Take me through the mood before the UBC game because there's a team who, who's got some guys, like some some national team guys that you probably have either been in the gym with or probably know the names. Uh, it, it's really exciting. It's playoffs. You probably haven't seen them in a while. Like, did you guys feel Really prepared, ready to go. Were you excited to play somebody else? Were you Were you nervous? Like, what was the mood before that UBC match?
1: Yeah, I think we had a really good mindset heading into that match. It, we realized they' a super good team and a lot different than any team we played in our in a regular season. And uh, like you said, a couple guys like like Mike and, and Colton, who are pretty high profile guys. And um, so yeah, I think we're all we're all very realistic about how, how good these guys were but also super excited and we we're, were very very driven to achieve our goal of winning that playoff game. So leading up to it, I think that uh everybody was in the, the right headspace. Um, we knew we were going to have to battle and, and take some punches. And I think that we did it. Uh, we took the first set and then got beat down the next two and then it was a battle from there. So,
0: and obviously it's a playoff game, so it's really easy to get into, but like did the neutral site take anything away from it? Or you guys are just fired up because you know, it was a playoff game. Like, is it weird playing a Sask UBC game in Alberta's gym?
1: Yeah, it was, it was a little weird. Um, it was a little weird to not be in any, gym that That's, wasn't our division. Um, but I'm always a the UA gym and there wasn't a ton of fans there. if i remember correctly, like, cause it's decent travel for both teams. Um, but yeah, it was you know, honestly, it was just, everybody was so pissed, stupid to play.
0: So you guys take that one down. Like it, is coach Sean a big expectation guy or are you guys just going in to be in the moment? Like, did you know that if, if you were able to take that one down, you guys are in a great position to move on to the next round or, or what was the mood or kind of lead up just talking about preparing for three teams in three days. But did you kind of circle this one that if, if we can get started with a win, like we're going to be in great shape and start rolling?
1: Yeah, I think that our expectations were clear on that. Like you said, we had if we got a win in the first two days that we'd you know, we set ourselves up really well to move on to the next stage. And um, yeah, it's yeah, honestly the feeling number one is, was great. Um definitely the biggest biggest tournament of my career, like I said, the only playoff one that I've had a privilege of doing with this program. So that was sweet and uh and then, yeah, it just went from there.
0: So, so tough one against Alberta the next day. And then you're going in to play Fraser Valley the last day. Uh, I know nationals is going to be three games in three days. So maybe like your, your training reflects that and you're going to be ready for it. But what was the mood going through that third day? Obviously like a, a team that you're going to be competitive against, but was there any fatigue going in or you just knew that like winning you're in basically at that point. Right. So what were the thoughts going in that third day?
1: Yeah. So we are had done a good job of kind of, to- doing the, the three days in a row uh, incorporating that into our practice plan. So that was good. But yeah, like you said, it's tough. It's always tough playing um, three days in a row. But I think the fact that we got smoked in three by Alberta helps a bit with our recovery for the next game. Um, but yeah, everybody's stopped and, and taking care of I So I was, I was, I was icing a that after that and then I talked to the other guys and really we and getting active in the morning and ready to go. So
0: now, with a pool of four playoff format, like there was an opportunity for a tiebreaker, and I think there was a video floating around uh social media that uh, when you guys figured out uh you were in like a big sally like what was the mood on the bus? was everybody on the laptops on the phones just watching the game like h- how relieving and exciting was it when you guys knew that you were heading on to the second round? Well, so
1: we were all watching the minute that we got onto the bus. there was games in Manitoba. A little pin pool that we're watching, and then games the UBC Alberta game. So I basically figured that if if they won it all, we'd be good. But if UBC won in five, then it would be tough if not tricky uh, for us to get in. Um So yeah, we watched the first. We watched yeah every point in the Wi-Fi projection being spotting the best. Uh, so yeah, that was really fun. Everybody's on their laptops, and as the game, I think it went one one. And so everybody's nerves are going up a little bit. But luckily, I'm yeah, not away.
0: And then take me through the behind the scenes of that week because you play. I think you guys were a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So then you head home, but then you got to be in BC. I think Trinity technically hosted your your next pool. So how often did you guys practice? Like, how are you feeling in recovery? When did you have to leave again for the next pool? Like, it, it feels like the matches were really adding up here.
1: It was a quick turnaround. I think we we got back. Sunday, and up uh, horribly late, and then or I uh, guess Saturday night, whatever, or Sunday morning, and then practice a little light practice Monday, both Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we'd get on the plane Thursday to able you know, to Abbotsford.
0: And obviously tough pool, and you have a tough match with Trinity. But then take me through the Calgary match because you lose the first two, and it's tight. But what's the talk and the time out there that you're able to regroup? Because it could have been easy to lay down and die there. But you guys fight and fight and fight, and it goes into a late fifth. Like you're down 0-2, season's on the line. Like this is probably the team in your pool you need to win because you lost the first one against Trinity. Like, are you the guy speaking up? Are some of the vets speaking up? Is Sean like? Is it calm? Is it is it a rah rah like? Let's fight! Like, what was the mood when you guys turned it around? Oh, it's
1: like like you said, super close couple first sets. We we were up, at game point the first set lost that one unfortunately but um yeah we, we kind of just we got keep pretty good in the second and then matthew primrose who's a our, our big uh motivational guy um and luke because are both, both seniors on the court again if you said like we and we realize our identity is we're sort of going hard we miss we miss a lot of service but that's the, the risk we're on the pay our high risk high reward with our spinners and stuff so um, yeah, they just kind of went out in that third set and said, "Look, we got we got nothing to lose here, so let's let's just let's just leave it up, leave it all out there." And it had some really good momentum uh, that third and fourth set and, and everything. Just yeah, held up a little bit short in fifth.
0: Yeah, I, on the show, I keep calling these Garrett May stat lines. I'm gonna have to start calling them Morty stat lines because man, for you again to get the the volume you're getting to have the performance here. I mean, you, you put up 23 and a half points, you get 52 attempts, like. It just must have felt like you did everything you could. I, I know it's disappointing to go out on a loss, but the, the performance you were able to put together as an individual and what your team accomplished, like now that you've had a couple of days to reflect, like how are you looking back on the season? I think,
1: I think all of us in that last game, we realized we went on spinning. I think that, that was decided before the, the weekend even started. Like if we're, we're going down, we're not just laying down, like you said, like we've we got on that third and fourth, and I think that's somewhere our program culture is really shifted towards and it was really good for, for the young guys on our team to see too. um yeah like like you said we it, it sucks to lose and yeah and the result always sucks but um yeah I think I think everybody left it out left it on the floor. and like Dad like Luke had his best game of his career that game, which was sweet. And then played really good too in our, with our seniors. Yeah, no regrets, basically.
0: So. Yeah, that's that's awesome because we did talk about how. There, there was an era there with like the Remples and the Eps and, and they take a fourth of Nationals but then you mentioned like you went into your career that you haven't won a playoff game and there was a bit of a drought and now you, you lose in the second round but the teams ahead of you are being Trinity Western Alberta like those are perennial teams right so it must feel great to have Sask right up there and and with see guys on the, on the national team so I, I gotta ask what's next for you like you're a big academic guy maybe you can go start a career and make some real money or maybe you're gonna try this volleyball thing like uh, are you looking to get an agent and go overseas are you Trying out for our national team again if the opportunity comes. Like, well, what's next for you?
1: Yeah, so like right now in school, I'm I'm actually doing it's like a two like year program in you know, master's in the science of finance. Um So that's been keeping me busy for school life, and I actually like I've got another year left of it in eligibility, so I'll be back at SAS. Nice. I know some so, some places say I am in my fifth year, but I'm only in my fourth right now. Eligibility, so.
0: Okay. And to be honest, that sometimes I lose count because uh, of the COVID years and the eligibility because sure. you kind of lost yeah. years. So no, that's exciting that you're coming back. Like I said, you guys got a good thing going and it's a great identity with Sask. I think the, the women's team is doing well too. So it's just kind of a, a cool volleyball vibe there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's good. It's
1: been really good. Like I said, volleyball and, and so that Sask has been, you know, come up uh, recently, which is great. And I think that Uh, Our program has had a a good hand in that. Now that Regina doesn't have a team anymore, so um, yeah, it's been it's been awesome to see and awesome to play in.
0: well, man, this, this has been awesome. I, I mean, and having you on sharp cuts and having you, you know, show off your sense of humor and your big brain and being able to hang on a discussion show. But, uh, like I said, I, w- I was checking the awards. I was checking the stat lines. I thought I knew about your career. This is crazy to figure out when you started in volleyball and taking 17 you off and being a red shirt and to see what you've accomplished. This is awesome. And, and it's great to hear that you're not done yet. And we get to watch you another year of U Sports. So thanks so much for coming on and sharing all that you did. But, uh, on passing dimes here, we, we've made it a tradition on the show just to, share a funny or unique story because I think the volleyball community is full of great people like yourself. And to me, that just means something odd or funny has happened along the way. So I was hoping you could give us a laugh before we let you go.
1: For sure. Yeah. Thanks so much. Um, so yeah, this story happened this year. So it was, we went to Winnipeg, a move W, um, and it's just cold as heck. And, um, Usually on Thursdays we get there and uh, we go to get groceries or whatever. So a couple of dudes went to, I can't remember what store, probably like a shop or something. And, but then another another group of us um, try and go to this no frills or something. And it, <laughs> one guy in our team was He's horrible at giving directions, but he likes to walk really fast that so we all end up following him anyway. <laughs> um, so it's, it's again, it's freezing out. And... We're all walking probably for like 20 minutes trying to find the snow frills. And all of a sudden, um, we get into this, maybe a sketchy part of town in Winnipeg. And uh, we see some some people on the other side of the road. And all of a sudden, we hear um, just a big bang, like a smash. And so Prim's friend's in front of me, and he just, like, ducks. And you think it's, like, being shot at or something. But somebody is, is going around this... And probably I'm hoping a in the coast with a hockey stick just smashing all the windows in across the road. So, <laughs> so there's probably a group of us, and then like, yeah, me, Levi, Jeff, and, and Grim and Mark are all there. And so we're like a little like sketched out. Um, so that was kind of just a strange scenario. And <laughs> Jeff um, just a little lives a probably conservative life. Is just like I feel like I'm in. Spider-Man's universe in New York York <laughs> and stuff going on. It's so that was hilarious. Um, and then eventually we find this this grocery store and guys want to Uber back and in terms of how' I'll pay for an Uber. He just refuse to, and he's only got a sweater on. It's minus thirty, and he's, he's like, like, and he just super stubborn. And we ended up walking back. But yeah, that was just kind of a, an eye-opening experience. It's just something you wouldn't wouldn't do if you weren't on a volleyball team, right? So
0: definitely definitely well man thanks for sharing that uh like i said so cool to hear about your career Uh, i've been a fan of your game just checking box scores and watching as much games as i can cool to hear the inside so like i said thanks for for sharing all that you did and thanks for being a friend of the show i mean you bailed us out on sharp cuts to be a last minute guest now you're coming on passing times this is just uh, awesome and and thanks again it's been great chatting with you
1: That's great thanks so much for having me really really appreciate it and uh yeah wish you you all the best you guys did